1 John chapter 2, and we'll read in verses 3 through 6. I want to speak to you this morning on the subject, Obedience, the Key to Fellowship. Obedience, the Key to Fellowship. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 3. And hereby we do know that we know Him, if we keep His commandments. He that saith, I know Him, and keepeth not His commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whosoever keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him, ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Lord, we ask you to bless the reading of your word. Again, I pray that you'd fill me with your spirit, that you'd enable me to preach this message for your glory. God, speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, and amen. Thank you, church. You may be seated. Is there anything more important than knowing Christ? Now, I'm not saying knowing about Christ. I'm asking you, is there anything more important than knowing Christ? Well, I don't believe so. And fellowship is vitally important to the intimate knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let me just illustrate this. Let's say I meet a new Christian and uh, he and I don't know each other, but we meet and we decide we're going to go to lunch. And we go to lunch, and when we get to lunch, he sits on one side of the table, I sit on the other. We place our order, and then neither of us communicate or talk or anything. We both get on our phones and play games. And at the end of the dinner, we pay and leave. Could we say that we had fellowship? Absolutely not. Could we say that we know any more about each other than we already knew when we met? Absolutely not. You may be able to say he likes to play on his phone. And he could say that about me. Now, I know it's a, a kind of a silly illustration. But let me ask you a question. How do we get to know God intimately if we don't have fellowship with Him? The key to understanding 1 John, the theme of 1 John is fellowship. It's not to prove that you're saved or someone's not saved. It's not a, a proof text to take and say, well, this person's not doing this, so he's not saved or she's not saved. You missed the whole idea. The whole idea of this book is that you could realize and understand that the God of this universe wants to have fellowship with you, wants to share intimate time with you, wants to have a relationship with you. That's the whole purpose of this book. The same way that it was for me to know that fellow and him to know me, the same way it's difficult in that setting, it's difficult to know the Lord apart from fellowship. And there's one great thing that hinders our fellowship with the Lord. When I was growing up, I grew up in a great church. I probably didn't appreciate it when I was there, but now looking back, I appreciate it. And in our sanctuary on the wall, carved in wooden letters and stained, was the phrase, to know Him, and right below it was, to make Him known. Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, the congregation would sit there and they would see those letters but I don't really understand, I really don't know that it re fully resonated with me as a child. The importance of knowing Christ. 
And it stands to reason that if we learn to come to know Him by fellowship, that it, it stands to reason that without fellowship with the Lord, we will not grow in our love and our knowledge of Him. We will not grow more intimately, which is essential for spiritual growth. It's like stacking one on top of the other. They're all necessary. There's no one cure-all. It's interesting that today, we humans want one pill that will fix everything. You know, they come along with this formula. If you mix this, drink this, skip two meals, it's the magic formula. And, uh, you know, CBD oil now is going to fix everything. And I was looking into it. It's going to fix everything. It's a cure-all to everything. There's no one thing that. When it comes to Christianity, there's no one thing you're going to do exclusive from everything else that's going to make Christianity great and easy. But when you start learning and growing and walking in them, and you start to know the Lord, and each step something adds on top of the other, and something else adds on top of the other, and Peter to add virtue to knowledge and, and so on and so forth, you start stacking those up. It makes for a more complete Christian and a greater walk and a greater fellowship. We don't, we don't preach in our churches that intimate fellowship with God anymore. We're so narcissistic. It's all about us. We want a formula that if we go through it, we won't be sick. We want a formula that if we go through it and we do this, this, and this, then we'll never have financial uh, difficulty. We want a formula that if we do this, this, and this, then I'll have my dream job and all of my dreams will be fulfilled. May I say to you, that's heaven. And you've got to die to get it. I'm just saying. And so... We need to put emphasis back on this intimate knowledge, knowing the Lord. Knowing the Lord. And I think it's so important to understand this. And I have to caution you because there are so many Christians who confuse salvation and the Lordship of Christ. Now, we had this great discussion in our men's prayer breakfast yesterday about the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Lord, Jesus is Lord whether you recognize it or not. But I'm talking about, when I speak of Lordship, I'm talking about the individual believer surrendering every area of his life to the Lord in obedience. And guys, I'm telling you, it takes time. As God reveals things to us, we confess it and we are cleansed. As His Word, we read His Word and we study, we see new truth and we line up our lives with that. We're surrendering to the Lordship of Christ in that area. It's a lifelong struggle. When you got saved, you didn't know everything you needed to know about Jesus and about the Word of God and about Christianity. I know that. None of us did. And a lot of confusion around Christian today is that they confuse salvation and sanctification. Sanctification is simply God is conforming us into the image of Jesus Christ, His dear Son. And so many confuse that. And so they're all over the place scripturally and they miss out on the wonderful truth that God has that we can have fellowship with Him. 
That we can have intimate fellowship with God. The one who created this universe wants to have intimate relationship with me. Keep in mind that John is writing to believers. He's writing to them on the subject of fellowship. He knows. He was an eyewitness to the Lord Jesus Christ. He was with Him at the feast. He was with Him in the garden. He was with Him in many of the events we see unfolding in the Gospels. And John is writing to these people and they are saved. They are born again believers. And John wants them to understand that they need to act like it. But John says not to be a hypocrite and, and put on a show, but to be genuine like, like Jesus comes from a walk and a fellowship with Him. It doesn't come by adhering to a long laundry list of rules and regulations. It comes from a, an intimate, precious knowledge of Jesus. The question is, do we know Jesus more intimately today than we did yesterday? That's the real question. And John is writing them. He's not questioning their salvation. He's telling them that you can know God and you can grow spiritually. And so he turns to the Scripture and he says, there is one way detailed here in our text that is absolutely essential to fellowship. The key to fellowship is obedience. It's obedience. Why is that the key? Why is it so important? Because disobedience is sin. And sin hinders or mars our fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me illustrate this. If I tell my son to do something and he refuses to do it, we're not going to go on and sit down like nothing ever happened and just give him what he wants and just go low with the flow. Now, I know some parents do that. But if you do that, that's foolish. And you'll reap what you sow. Our fellowship is not... We can see it. We can see it in a human setting. If my son is blatantly disobedient to me, we're not going to sit down and carry on and love and huggy-duggy and all that stuff. No, somebody's going to get in trouble. The hammer's going to fall. And there is a problem with our fellowship. We can't have that intimate fellowship because of that disobedience. The same is true in our life with Jesus. When we walk in disobedience, our fellowship with the Lord is hindered. And guys, it's almost like today, we don't even care in the church. As long as we come and we sing our praise songs, as long as we come and we give a little bit and we dress real nice for church, everything will be okay. Hey, I go to Sunday school, preacher. That's not it. There's so much more. So, how do I know that I'm coming to know Him more intimately? How do I know this? How do I know that he, I'm having fellowship with Him? Well, that's what John writes about. Look with me in verse number 3. And hereby we do know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. Now the Greek word for know means to know absolutely. It's a know-so. I know it. It's certain. And he says the first thing is 
that our obedience to Him reveals our relationship with Him. Our obedience to Him reveals our relationship with Him. John says, we do know. It's an absolute knowledge. It's, I know that I know Him if we keep His commandments. John says that obedience reveals our relationship to Him. Is John saying that we, the only way to know that we are saved is by obedience? That's not what John's saying. The phrase that I know Him actually means come to know Him. What John is saying is, he is saying it's very clear in his gospel account that salvation only comes from believing in Jesus Christ. There's no other way. And our assurance comes that way too. Your assurance of salvation is not in your ability to not sin. Your assurance of your salvation is in the promise of Jesus Christ. Anything other than that, you're building on a faulty rock. And so he says, keep in mind, John has not moved away from his overall theme of fellowship, but he says this, it is possible and expected to grow and come to a greater knowledge of our Lord and Savior. And it is obedience that opens the door to that possibility. You cannot walk in disobedience and grow in your relationship with the Lord. Now, I want to ask you a question, and I hope you will respond. And the response in your heart is greater than the response of your mouth. Do you want to know the Lord more intimately? Do you want to have that perfect fellowship with Him? Do you want to grow, or do you want God for what you can get from Him? You have to answer that question. John is saying it is possible and it is expected for us to grow, to come to a more intimate knowledge of the Lord. Now let me ask you this. How important do you think the Lord will be when you and I are in heaven? Maybe, let me ask it this way, the better question. What would be more important in heaven than the Lord? Not a thing. Not a thing. And see, obedience, when we learn this priority, obedience becomes a priority and it opens the way for us to know Jesus more intimately, to grow in our knowledge and our experience of Him. I'll tell you what obedience also is. Obedience is a key indicator of where you are on the path of growth. If you are living, you claim to be a Christian and you're, you're following your own path and you're, you're doing your own things, that is a key indicator that you're spiritually immature. And a lot of the problems in church today comes from spiritually immature, or spiritual immaturity, I should say. And so, John says, Obey. Keep His commandments. Keep His commandments. Some might say, well, how do I know? Or can I know that I'm growing in my relationship with the Lord? John says you can absolutely know. Gnosko. It is a, a no-so. I know it. He says you can absolutely know. Well, then how can I know, John? Well, keep His commandments. How do you know what God likes and dislikes? 
His commandments. How do you know what God wants you to do or not do? His commandments. Just from a practical standpoint, if you look at it that way and think about it, when you obey His commandments, you're lining up with His will. And His commandments are right here. There are no extra biblical revelations. There's nothing added to this. It is finished. God wants us to know that. And so our obedience to Him reveals our relationship to Him. And if we're walking in disobedience, it shows that our relationship with Him is not where it should be. When we follow His commandments, it reveals that we're on the path to knowing Him more intimately. You go out here in the street and you take some small toddlers and they're standing there and cars go up and down the Hinkley Hollow Speedway here. And a little child starts to dart across the path and an oncoming car is coming flying and you yell at that kid... You don't want to have to give that kid a debate and a discourse on why he should stop. You want him to stop immediately. God doesn't owe you or me an explanation. He doesn't owe us an explanation of why His commandment is what it is. We just obey, and when we obey, it opens the door to knowing Him. Secondly, he says in verse 4, He that saith... I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Number two, our obedience reveals our character. Our obedience reveals our character. There is always a connection to what you say versus what you do. How do I know that? Well, Jesus said in the Gospels, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. What's in your heart is going to come out. There's a connection. There is a connection to what you say versus what you do. Someone has said character is what you are when you're alone and nobody is watching. Character is extremely important in the life of the believer. It's doing what you're supposed to do, when you're supposed to do it, how you're supposed to do it. That's character. When someone says he or she knows the Lord and is growing in the Lord but does not keep His commandments, John says he or she is a liar. Liar, liar, pants on fire. That's the hillbilly version. Of course, that, prob- that person has a problem with their character. And of course, that is a sin. And that person's action are revealing that they have a character problem. That they're not where they should be. When that person claims that I know the Lord and I'm growing in my relationship with Him, but I'm doing something in my life contrary to that, I am revealing to the world that I'm not truthful. Actions do speak louder than words. They really do. Enough of the contemporary Christendom where we wear shirts and we, you know, oh, hallelujah, and everything is peace and and, and lilies and, and, and sunshine and rainbows. Life is cruel, it's tough, it's wicked, it's evil. And your character will be revealed in whether you are obedient to the Lord or not. And that's what John says. Notice with me in verse number 5. 
But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. The third thing is our obedience reveals our love for him. Jesus is very clear in John chapter 14 and verse 15 when he says, If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. There's a direct correlation between love and obedience in Jesus' mind. Children, you want to show your parents you love them? Obey what they say. Obey them. Amen. I'll just throw that in. I thought the parents would say amen, but jeepers. This time change has really got everybody messed up, doesn't it? Amen. I'm wearing my glasses. These are reading glasses. I really can't see your faces real good, so I don't know who's sleeping. So sleep on, sleep on. As a matter of fact, John tells us in verse 5 that in him is the love of God perfected or matured or completed or grown. Many people say they love Jesus, but John says your love for Him will be shown in your obedience to Him. It's not enough to stand and say, Oh, I love Jesus. Show me your love. John says your love for Him will come out in the way you respond to Him and your obedience to Him. And this is crucial. This is a key. This is big. Because he says that here, uh, he says here, verily is the love of God perfected. The one that keeps the word, the one that obeys, his love is perfected. It's grown. Isn't that the key? We should be growing. That's the whole point of this. And when we obey him, our love is revealed and it shows that we're on that right path, that we are growing. But now, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 12, No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and His love is perfected in us. Another step of maturity. Another step of completion. Not only do when we obey Christ is our love for Him revealed, but then when we obey Christ, our love for others will be revealed. God expects us to love each other. And I have to tell you this, man. <clears throat> my flesh sometimes wants to be in control of a couple of things in heaven. And I know it's wrong. I have to ask for forgiveness. There's some people bicker and fight all the time over stupid stuff. If I was in control, y'all roommates for all eternity. <laughs> but I'm not, and I can't, and that's flesh. But let me tell you how important it is that God says that we love one another. Also in the book of 1 John, it tells us, how can you say that you love God in whom you haven't seen when you don't love your brothers and sisters in whom you have seen? God says, through His Word, the Apostle John, writing the epistle, telling us that our love for each other is truly a reflection of of our love for God. And when we don't love each other, we are not loving God. Now, I know there are some people that are not easy to love. Anybody know someone? Don't raise your hand. I'm sorry. 
Don't say no names out loud either. No names. That was a double negative on purpose. Wasn't good grammar, but you got the point. Our love for Christ needs to be perfected through obedience when He tells us to love one another, to help one another, to to share with one another, to do these one another's that He lists all throughout the epistles. And He tells us, we are reflecting or revealing, I should say, our love for Christ. Jesus says, don't come telling me you love me and raising your hand in church and you're treating your brothers and sisters horribly. That falls under the category of the liar up there. Our obedience reveals our love for Him. God wants us to grow in our love for each other. And obedience is the key. In the Old Testament, the Bible says, for to obey is better than sacrifice. God wants us to be obedient. It's more important than sacrificing. It's more important than anything else. He wants us to obey Him. And so lastly, He tells us in verse number 6, He that saith, He abideth in Him, ought Himself also to walk even as He walked. Lastly, our obedience reveals our spiritual growth. If a child is not growing, whether it be mentally or physically, the parents take that child to a doctor and find out what is wrong. What is going on? Can we fix it? Is there a condition? How come in churches today, when we're not growing spiritually, why is it we don't try to figure out what's going on? Why is it we don't find and seek and try to find the answer of what the problem is. Through our obedience, we reveal that God is working in us and that that ought to be reflected in our walk. Now, our walk is our daily conducting of our lives. It's how we uh, conduct ourselves on a daily basis. And John says that we should be becoming more like Jesus Christ every day. That's our walk. Well, you say, well, how do I become more like Jesus every day? Now, I'm not telling you to grow your hair, grow a beard, wear a, a tunic, uh, wear a tunic and all those things they used to wear, walk around barefooted, and what society portrays Jesus. I think society portrays Jesus is, 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 is um, idolatry. It's not what Jesus is like at all. I don't believe that. That's not what he's saying. If you want to know how Jesus walked, you open the Word of God and you be obedient unto Him. By obedience to Him, we know that we're growing spiritually. Day by day, we're walking in accordance to His Word. This Word is how He instructs us. This Word shapes us. It rebukes us. It molds us. It guides us. This Word is extremely important in the walk of the believer. And God expects us to walk in accordance to the Word. Now, I know that you and I, none of us have mastered this book. I tell you, it's not the things I don't know about this Bible that trip me up. It's the things I do know. Because my flesh 
wants to do what it wants to do, and it is contrary to what the Spirit wants me to do. And so what I have to do is, I have to line myself up with what this book says. So how do we know what to do or how to obey? Through His Word. We know how to be obedient by being in His Word. That's why we encourage you to read the Bible every day. That's why we preach it here on Sunday morning and teach it on Sunday night in Sunday school. And that's why we teach it on Wednesday nights in Awana. And we have a a Wednesday night Bible study. That's why the ladies get together and have their ladies fellowship. They fellowship and have a good time. But the Word of God is given. And the men prayer breakfast. The Word of God is opened. It's important. Why? We're learning to be obedient unto God. Now when you and I begin to walk as Jesus walked, it'll be obvious. People will notice a difference about you. And you and I have to get over this notion that because I'm doing what God wants me to do, that everything will come easy and I'll never have a struggle. That is a lie from the devil to discourage you. When you begin to walk as Jesus walked, you're going to have a spiritual battle. And you will have to find out what you're made of. God already knows what you're made of. But you will have to find out what you're made of. If you're going to quit, if you're going to throw in the towel because things are getting difficult. I don't know about you, but I want Him on my side when things are difficult. When I need something, I want to be intimately in tune with Him, walking in by His side with His protection and His promises. That's what I want. And that comes, that comes from being in the Word of God. Now listen to me. Obedience reveals of whether you're growing spiritually or not. Now let me just ask you this. How many of you believe obedience is extremely important? It is. Our relationship with Jesus cannot be what it should be or could be if we are not obedient. When we obey the Lord, we show that He's important to us. We show that He has changed our character. We show that we love Him. We show that we're spiritually mature and growing. I would say it's vitally important. As a matter of fact, the key to coming to know God in a more real, intimate, personal way is through fellowship. And the key to fellowship is obedience. My question to you is, do you want to know God more intimately? Do you want to know God more deeply? Do you want to grow in your relationship with Him? Are you comfortable where you are? Could you stand before Him and say, I'm good with how I am? What we need to do is determine today that I want to know God. And I want to have that intimate fellowship with Jesus Christ. I want that more than anything on this earth. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to have that. And it begins with obedience to the Word of God. We need some men and women who will unashamedly stand up and say, I want to know God and I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I don't care what this world thinks of me. I don't care what anything going on. The most important thing in my life is to know Jesus Christ. 
and to pursue that that perfect fellowship through obedience. I'm going to open up this book and what it tells me, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it because I want to know Jesus and I want to love Jesus. I'm not going to do it so that I get all everything I want. I'm not trying to uh, barter with God. I'm dropping all my pretenses and I'm coming under the auspices of wanting to know Him in a more genuine, real way. That's what we need. Would you bow with me, please?